Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, followed by 1 John 5, 4, and Luke chapter 22, 31 32. So let me read the word of God to you. And we have all the children with me, I believe, too. Praise God. Do we have that on the screen? 1 Peter chapter 1. We're out of order a little bit today in things. Second, second Peter. I'm right about Second Peter. I'll read out of my Bible if you don't have it. The Bible talks about adding some things to our life. And uh, I want to make heaven my home. I just do. Praise God. Second Peter chapter. Bible talks about wherefore giving us exceeding great and precious promises. I'm going to kind of skim through this a little bit. God's given us promises. And then in verse 5 it says, or at the end of verse 4 it says, uh, we've escaped the corruption that's in the world. Then it says, beside all this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Everyone say faith. God says, add to your faith virtue or moral excellence. Add to your virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. You gotta be able to deal with self-control here, and and patience with people, long-suffering, and patience, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. And then, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you neither shall be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the thing that God starts with here to add to us, the very first thing is add to your faith. If you don't have that, there's not a whole lot else going. Add to your faith. Let's go to the next scripture. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. It's your faith that is going to overcome the world. Someone say amen. And Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. Peter's being spoken to by Jesus. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. He wants you. He wants you. That he may have you and sift you as wheat. But he says, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you're converted, strengthen thy brethren. I pray that your faith does not fail. I want to speak to those today who are doing well in their faith those who are suffering with failed faith and those who feel like you've just lost faith. I guess that covers everybody. I always try to cover everybody. Amen, so we've done it. I, wanna, I just want to see God do something today. I, I have been praying and uh, my heart reaches to those, was reaching to those earlier this week who are just out, who, are, who need to come home. Those who have lost and who need to come back to God. My heart is to you if you're watching. Let's pray and ask the Lord today. My title is that your faith fail not. Jesus, we ask you, God, today to bless the remainder of this time that we have here. I pray, God, that the word, the seed, would be planted in our hearts and grow, and we would receive it today. And we ask you this in the wonderful, glorious name of Jesus Christ. We thank you.
I'm not talking about that type of faith, but that is an important faith. We had a group at our house a few weeks ago or something, we told you in the Bible, or told in the Bible, says to speak to the mountain, not to speak to God about the mountain, but speak to the mountain. God wants us to operate in authority. God wants you to operate in spiritual authority. This came to mind when I talked to some people. I said, I believe that everything in the spirit world seems to operate with authority. It answers to authority. Everything responds to authority in the spirit world. That's why when the Bible says you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, God's going to give you power over things. That's why if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you will never be able to conquer over sin because sin is of the spiritual world. And it only responds to authority, which means you have to have the Holy Ghost in you to be able to handle the sin in your life. Does that make sense? So don't wait till you get perfect before God fills you with the Holy Ghost to say, God, I'm willing to live for you right now. I don't know how to do it, but I am willing to submit my life and say, I need you, Jesus. God will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You never wait. You never wait till your life is perfect because you can't. So I'm not talking about that act of faith. I'm talking about more of a passive faith or just our faith that God is in me and God wants to use me, this faith that I believe in God, that I don't want that lost, that I still trust him to be my Savior, that I don't want the shaking to go on to shake me out of it. I want to make sure that I'm resolute and I'm steadfast in what God has put in me, that I stay the course. Satan's desire is to sift you as wheat. So I want to look at, uh, this is maybe more of a teaching type Sunday school lesson, so I guess it's okay we've got kids in here. So i got four things I want to talk about, things that hinder our faith. Things that cause our faith to waver. And the first one, and there's probably more, so don't make this as the only list. There's probably many more. I've just got things that come to me. The first thing that I believe that, or one of the things that hinders our faith is called unanswered prayers. I've heard a few mm's, meaning that I understand that. How many of you ever had unanswered prayers and it's kind of shaking your faith a little bit of why does God not seem to answer these things? They can ruin. They, you may have spent your days praying and pleading and proclaiming and prophesying and preaching and praising and saying, God's going to do something, and still, you've been fasted unto all that stuff, and no answers have come. And your faith can be shaken because of that, of that God not answering. I've been through enough trials in my life where I've prayed, God, please, God, I need to hear something. I need a word from the Lord, and nothing ever comes. Now, there's been answers, and I'll show you what those are later, but they've never been the answers I'm looking for. Of God, I just want to know. I just want to know. I just want to know. Is everything here right or everything? I just, I need the answers, and I don't get those answers always. You see, you you looking for stuff. You can't let your focus be on the prayers of what your faith in God is. Your faith ought to be in God just because he's God. Overall, your faith must be in God because he's just God. He's there. He may not answer all your prayers. And I want to look at something today. There's a prayer in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, 42, and 44. Jesus is about ready to face crucifixion in the garden, or after the garden prayer here. He goes a little further in the garden. He's praying. He falls on his face, and he prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Let's pause there. I don't know how long it was before he said the word nevertheless. The, we talk about people tearing altars. This was Jesus' tearing altar trying to decide, do I want to go through this or not? I know what it's like to be here wondering, do I really want to live for God or not? And you spend an hour up here. And some of us are like, please just make up your mind because you're wearing us out. But we want you to make up your mind and say, yes, yes, that's it. 
And so Jesus is here praying in the flesh, is praying and crying out, saying, if it's possible, if it's please possible, because he's looking at, at the suffering, the horror that he's about to face and what he's got to face on the cross. And there's a struggle. Did he have faith? He had 100% faith in anything he prayed to be answered. There was no lack of faith in terms of that God would do anything. No lack at all of that God will answer. Nothing at all there. There was no lack on his part. But it was an unanswered prayer. He understands your unanswered prayer because he had one, if I may say that. He understands when you're like, huh, he knows. He said, if it's possible. And it may have been five minutes before he finally said, nevertheless. He may have sat there. And then, let it be as I will. And let's go the next time. He pray, comes again. The second time. The next, And he went again the second time and prayed, saying, oh, my father, this cup may not pass from me, except I drink it. It's probably there, you know, maybe, then I will be done. And then he comes back the third time, just to make sure. <laughs> Maybe this is a charm. Not, God doesn't need that, but maybe maybe finally the prayer will get answered. Maybe. And he goes in the, the third time, 444, I believe. And he left them, and he went away again, and he prayed the third time, saying the same words. And, of course, we know there was no, yes, let's get out of this. There was basically the flesh had to go to the cross. It still had to carry on. It still had to move. An unanswered prayer. They've heard us before. They have We've wondered, we've prayed, and of course we know to keep praying. Cornelius kept praying. There's times you just keep praying because you don't know. That prayer may have an answer to it. You don't ever know. The unjust or the woman before the unjust judge kept praying, and finally the prayer came. The answer came. Cornelius was lifting up prayers to God day and night and giving alms to the Lord. And I imagine the angels in heaven probably at some point would say, Lord, the cups that are receiving all his prayers are full. Do we get bigger cups to hold them? And I think the Lord said, you know what, I think we're fine. I'm going to answer him. And he comes down and saves Cornelius and his whole household because he gave just enough to cover everything and everybody. I'm not going to get any money, but where's your offering at? Is there enough to cover anybody besides yourself? Where's your prayers at? Are they enough to cover anybody besides just you? The prayers and the alms, this is coming to me. The prayers and alms we give to God, are they just enough for us? Or do we give beyond that so we cover unto other people? Someone say amen. This just came in from uh, that God could, I don't want to give more than just enough to cover myself and make sure that I'm okay and I paid my tithes and the dollar offering. And I prayed my five minutes to make sure I'm good before I go to bed. But I've never sought to pray into other people. I never sought to give beyond just barely minimum. I never sought. But God, I want to be like a Cornelius. Someone hear me today. I want to be like a Cornelius and give beyond just that little bare minimum stuff. I wanted to fill the cup so full that God said, i got to do more than just him. I've got to reach the whole Everywhere, his whole family and everybody. Hallelujah, Jesus. I hope you're okay. I'm having fun up here. I'm watching the time. Thank you, Lord. I just want God's word. I want, wow, I want everything he's got. I want everything that God has got for us. I want to give so much. I have enjoyed. We've had been having prayer at our house uh, as a life group. And people have been coming praying. And I have, uh, maybe only like a handful of us, but I have, I have looked forward and enjoyed our praying together because I've been able to focus very, very well for, for a while just on people, on God reaching and God. And I'm feeling the presence of God coming in there like just, just so strongly, just so strongly that I, I, I thought before we had our prayer, I was just like, 
God, is this going to be hard praying? Do we have to have music on? We don't have any music. We have the lights on. There's no dim lights. There's no music playing. I was like, is this going to be hard? Are we going to have to, like, kind of get up there and, like, pep everybody up every five minutes? No. I put myself on my chair, and I just start praying. I just feel like I'm going. And I feel everybody else just praying and going because God is seeing something in the heart of us that's wanting to go beyond just the bare minimum that we've called for a prayer meeting. Everyone just shows up because they got to be at the prayer meeting. But this is beyond just a, because someone said you have to be here. This is I want to be here, and I want to give myself. And we're filling up cups right now and praying that those are going to overflow somewhere, and God's going to answer and bring back the people that are lost. Thank you, Jesus. I need to move on because I told you it would be short. So unanswered prayers. Make sense? Keep your faith in God, not in your prayers, not in terms of your prayers. But don't get your loss in the fact that your prayers ain't going to answer. Just say, I'm going to keep on going. I'm not here just for me. I'm going to give other prayers. I'm going to be for other people. But I'm going to keep on praying because my faith is in God, not in prayers, not in the answered prayers. And Jesus understands that. We've already seen that. Second thing that hinders our prayers, it causes our faith to fail sometimes. The first one was unanswered prayers. The second one, you ready, is answered prayers for other people you other people's answered prayers oh guess what i prayed and my my family just came to church and you've been praying five fifty years and they haven't ha has not happened and the guy just comes to church first fifth time whatever and like i bet you know I, I i prayed five minutes for my family to come and they showed up i'm so excited about god would you rejoice with me and you're yes but i've been praying 10 years on fasting and I've been given a whole lot more than you have, and they're still not here. I will try to rejoice with you. Because the Bible says rejoice with them that rejoice. It can be hard sometimes. Other people's answered prayers when we see them, but ours didn't get answered. I've prayed for years, God. I, I still hope that God someday has got a call in my life to go somewhere. I've always desired that. But I've seen other people who struggled and said, I don't want to go anywhere. And God just makes them go. And I'm there praying, God, I'm the one. Send me, Lord. No, stay here right now. But there's other people that don't want to. And you like, well, maybe. And then God just says you're going to them. You know, if God calls you to go somewhere, you ought to feel blessed. Don't, don't struggle. Feel blessed of God. But other people's answered prayers. Uh, I've seen, and, and I, I never liked these because, well, I'll just say it. I, I've seen we've had services and, and we had where, uh, you know, we give money and services, and people give, and who will give $100, and people raise their hands, and who will give $1,000, you know, that's nice and grand, you show everybody what you can give, I've always wanted to say, who, who's, what, what have you got left, you know, does anyone ever get up and say, who, not who will give $5,000, but who will give, so you only got 500 left in your bank, right now, who will give, and everyone will be like, oh, maybe not that one, but I've got 15000 so I can give 500 Right? And you got a lot. What do you got left? But here's the thing. I, I've been through where people have been blessed, and they said, I gave, and, and God just bought a check in the mail. I always loved those checks in the mail that came unsurprisingly. I never had a check that came in the mail. They got a check in the mail, and they gave, like, and I thought, I, I thought I gave more than that. I didn't get no check in the mail, and I believe God. I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure they're driving a nicer vehicle than mine, and I, I thought I gave more than they gave, and they got checks in the mail. I finally got to the place where I said, God, when I give something, that's how much I have less in my bank account, and that's the end of it because I gave it unto you. I've covered that so I don't ever get bothered when people give. It's just like I have given this unto the Lord. 
It's not here because somewhere I want my treasure to be up in heaven. I heard someone preach this. I, I want to have a treasure in heaven. I don't care so much about this world, but I want it to be there. So you may get your prayers answered here. I'll have mine answered later. That's fine. But I, I want. But it does bother you sometimes when other people's prayers are answered. Their child gets healed, and yours is still struggling. There's things happen there. Your, your spouse is still not in church. Theirs is, and they prayed, and you're like, I don't understand. But your, your faith cannot be in, in those kind of things. It cannot be in that. It still has to stay resolute in God. Despite that, you know, it didn't happen, my prayers are still in the Lord. My, my faith is still in God. Someone say amen. You hold, are you okay so far? Okay. Uh, let's move on here. Third one. Third one here is this is a hard one. Sometimes our faith fails because of something called condemnation. We feel like we've done wrong. We feel we've repented, but we still feel guilty. We've repented, but we still feel evil sometimes and wonder how can that be. And people can live in this for a very long time, and their faith can be very weak because I just don't know if God's there with me. I don't know if he's there. I, I, I must have messed up, and I don't know that the Lord really cares anymore for me or that he's really there, and our faith can drop because of we might have messed up or did something, and we wonder, does God really still love me? Does that God still care for me? Is he still there? I want to tell you something right now. If God wanted you dead, he would have killed you a long time ago. You're here today. Thanks be to God. You felt the presence of God. You felt the Lord here. Why, why did you feel God in this place today? Because God's given you grace to say, come on, get a little closer to me. I'm giving you grace. You might have said, I did bad. How come I feel God? Because he's giving grace out. Doesn't mean you're always living right. It just means God's giving grace out, saying, I'm here with you. It's a condemnation. Peter probably faced that. He denied Jesus. And look at this. Peter denied Jesus three times. And he must have felt horrible because he said, I will not do that. I will never deny you. And he kind of swore on himself. And now his own ego is ruined after he denied Jesus the third time. And, and he realized, I sinned. I did wrong. I said I would never do this. And now his own ego has been ruined. Everything's ruined. And I imagine that Peter, more than likely at some point in time, he had to think about Judas. Judas sold Jesus. But he probably looked and thought, well, you know what? Judas, and I know he, he did wrong, but at least he went back to the priest and gave the money back. Peter just ran away. I mean, right? He might have been thinking Judas at least went back and tried to make it right, but then he killed himself. I was a coward and just ran away. I didn't make anything right. Peter may have had condemnation, and this is probably why Jesus told him, I'm going to pray that your faith fail not. It's going to get shaken. It's going to come there because you're going to mess up and it's going to rock your faith. That, dude, I really believe this God really with me and all these things. It's going to mess you up a little bit. But I'm praying the one thing he prayed for somebody that I know of, he said that your faith does not fail. That it does not fail. And it didn't fail. Peter held on enough because of that. So I want to tell you something here. Don't quit. Don't just quit. Job was in the worst of a problems ever. He went through all kinds of turmoil. Remember the story of Job? I'm not going to read all of it. But Job went through there, and I think he was trying to figure out, where's God? What did I do wrong? Where is the Lord? All his friends said, you must have did something wrong. Condemnation, you did something wrong. And Job couldn't figure out why. I can't even, he couldn't feel God. He couldn't find God. He wondered where on earth the Lord's at. Job went through that hard time until God finally came on the scene. But you know what? And I'm going to get to this later about the answer that came here. It's the same answer that Jesus got, the same answer Peter got, the same answer that came here. 
is that God pulls up the seat to that. He didn't pull up the seat to Job's seven-plus-day pity party and say, here, Job, it's all right. If you read the story, he just comes out of the world one and says, Job, what are you doing? You know what? Only the devil comes to a pity party. Unless it's Job's comforters, they might come, but, you know. And I'm not going to go back, but read the story of Job. Remember after all the calamity came to his, the farm, everything got lost, everything got destroyed. Who always came back? God, Satan really allowed one person to escape to come and bring bad news to Job. But pity parties. How many of you ever had a pity party? Yeah, balloons and all kinds of stuff, right? Big things. <laughs> you want everybody to know I'm having a pity party. It's at 4 o'clock today. Please come to my house. Come over and just comfort me and help me in my pity party. And then and, and, and usually no one ever comes. I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. Right? Does anybody have any pity parties today, just so I know? No, no one's having any? Okay. Um, well, I'm going to say this here, and I'm going to move on. That maybe sometimes when no one invites you to come because you bring a pity party with you. These are not my notes, and I hope that didn't hurt anyone too bad. I didn't really look. Um, but, you know, some people got so much faith in God, they could handle being martyred. And their others, just faith is so little, they get upset they didn't get invited by anybody. That's where their face at. Don't have your face so weak like that that you can't even, like, you get shaken because you didn't get invited somewhere. But make sure you don't bring the pity party because, really, it is only the devil that shows up at pity parties. He loves them. He, he just joys in them. He wants to be there. And it's kind of like playing, I don't listen to them anymore, but it's kind of like playing country songs. They're like pity party songs, a lot of them. But they're kind of like keep you stuck there in about your, your mopey life, and they just kind of sing about it, and you just kind of like, oh, yeah, and it just kind of relates to you. And it's, I'm sorry to make, make fun of any country music people, but I'm really, I probably should get off here right now. <clears throat> All right. Thank you, Jesus. Let's move on. All right. Well, anyhow, I'm out of order. Thank you, Ian, and all God kind of, and everything, and I'm really thankful that God moved and stuff. I was hoping I'd have to get up here, but I am up here, and I'm just having fun, but God is so good. I'm so glad that God already touched and moved in people's lives, and, and we, we kind of had an altar call, and that makes me happy to see that happen. Okay, so don't, don't quit. Job didn't quit, of course. God came and eventually restored him, and all those things happened. So... Our faith fails because our prayers don't get answered. Our faith fails because sometimes other people's prayers are answered. Our faith fails sometimes because of condemnation that comes in us, that we feel lost. We feel all these things, and we just lose our faith. Don't lose your faith. Just hold on, God. You're with me still. Hold on. The last thing that causes faith to fail, and this one hurts us probably very deeply to some people, is other people's failed faith. When those amongst us who have done so well have lost out in God, Again, I have one thing to say. Your faith has got to be in God, not the superstar, not the leader, not whoever it is. And yes, we are an example to other people, but it has got to stay in Jesus Christ through all these things. Second Timothy 1.5, I'll just read this to you about um, Timothy. Paul said, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you. It dwelt first in your grandmother and your mother here. Faith. If we're leaders, we've got to have faith that people will be pushed. I read this because 
if Lois or Eunice didn't have faith, it's possible Timothy may have lost in his faith. But because they kept their faith, he was able to keep his faith. It's important that we keep our faith. But don't get our mind when people only lose out. Our eyes are going to have to be on God. So let me, let me get to my conclusionary parts of 25 minutes. Those are four things that affect our faith. And other people's fail faith does hurt us sometimes. Since I get a witness. Someone lose out on God, it hurts us. It can hurt us, and it, it's going to. Uh, it just will. It's, na- it's natural for us. But we have to kind of like bring ourselves back into it eventually and say, no, my faith is in Jesus. It's got to be in Jesus. Men are imperfect. Women are imperfect. It is part of the life that we live. We live in an imperfect flesh. That's what we have. And I tell you something right now, if you want to keep yourself unspotted from the world and keep yourself as close to God as you can, is to get as full of the Holy Spirit as you can in your life, to keep praying and keeping full of God, to keep in the Word of God, that you stay right. I, I, I'm not going to do this today, but if I took a cup of water here, uh, this is, I don't know what temperature this is, but let's just say this was outside. It was at 40 or 50 degrees. And uh, after about, I don't know, an hour or so, it will acclimate to the temperature of the room. It'll be pretty much what the temperature of the room is. If I take a, a baptism tank of water with the same temperature outside water and I fill that up and bring it in here, it's going to take a lot longer for that to finally reach the temperature of the room. The more full we are of God, we don't acclimate to the world very fast. If I only have this a little bit, I'll acclimate to the world as soon as I walk out of here. It'll come on me. You've got to stay full of the Holy Ghost. You've got to stay. The Bible says, the Bible says, uh, uh, talking about your faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It's talking about your faith, keeping your faith strong. It's praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep the Spirit of God in you strong, strong. Okay, so how does God react to this failed faith? I read all these different four things. How did he react? We know he doesn't go to pity parties. Uh, what was the answer to Job, to Jesus, uh, in, the, in the flesh, or to Peter? I want to read just one more story. I'm going to paraphrase through this a little bit for the sake of time. There was a man named Elijah who had done great things for God. And I'm not going to read all the scriptures. I'll give you what one I want here. Uh, he had done great things for God. He caused a fire to fall down and a wet sacrifice to show who the real God was. And everybody began, Israel saw this and like, wow, the real God is Jehovah. And he had all the 450 prophets of Baal killed. Uh, then he goes and he runs back. He tells the king, he says, uh, I forgot where they're going to go. And he runs ahead of his chariot, and they're going back. And uh, Elijah runs before the chariot. Some people say he did it out of supernatural strength. Other commentaries say he did it as a show of respect to the king because the king was still the king. Even though the king was horrible, he still showed that respect to the king. And that's just an important thing because I, I want to say this to those out in the world of watching, that we have we have what you call a king. We have a pastor. When the pastor goes, we've got to run before him saying, yes, sir, we're going to go. And last I know, I've heard the pastor saying, let's get back in the body of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, follow your pastor and get back in the body again. Don't let fear hold you at home and sit you down there, but say, you know what, I'm going to be in the house of God next week. If pastor's calling me, and I heard him say a few weeks, if he's calling me to be here, I want to be the one that's running before that. I'm running before that saying, he's calling me to go. I'm running before. I show a sign of respect to the authority. Praise God. Just come home. Just come home. You can't, you can't, there's too much of God here, and, and the Lord is working for, you're not going to make it being at home all the time. I don't think. It's going to be hard. I don't want to prophesy that, but it's going to be tough. Let's just say that. You are so blessed if you just get here, and you're going to find out, wow, what have I been missing I think you're going to come and find out, what have I been missing? What was I missing at home? You been, don't, don't let the deception come over you. It's almost like we can get drugged being at home and just, well, it's a service again. We're just, but we're not really, we're missing the whole thing. So 
Elijah goes, uh, and he finds out that uh, Jezebel wants to kill him. And Elijah goes uh, to a place, and he just kind of runs away. And he gets underneath the juniper bush, which means yoke or bonding. He goes on, he sits underneath there, and he says, oh, he said, basically, he just begins to cry. If I just want to die, I don't want to live anymore. My faith is just, I, I, I mean, he just did the miraculous. But then he finds out a woman is after him. Women are always a downfall, young men. This is on the side note. You can shut the camera off. Praise God. I hope you didn't catch that on the camera. But anyhow, I don't want to revolt against me. But the queen is just so much against him, and, and he just gets scared, and he runs off, and he just wants to die. And God gets to him after a while and feeds him, and then he goes on a 40-day fast. And then finally, the Lord shows up. I'm not going to read these scriptures for the sake of time. I really want to move to an end here. And the Lord does not tell him, oh, Elijah, it's all right. He tells Elijah the same thing that happened to everybody else. I'm not, I'm not here to say that God's not, God is a comforter. He will comfort us when our faith fails. He's there. But there's also a point somewhere that when Peter was there, Jesus said, I pray your faith fail not. And when you get yourself back together, go do something. Strengthen your brethren. And to Elijah, he said, he comes up to Elijah in his depressive, suicidal state. And he said, you know, he comes up to Elijah and he basically tells him, you've got a work to do. Get up, you've got some stuff to do. But where's my pity party, God? I've been at it for over 40 days. It wasn't a pity party for God. And to Job, God shows up on Job's farm and there Job's going through all this stuff. And God shows up at the end of Job, and then he just tells Job, or you read the, read the scripture yourself, after Job prayed for his friends, the Bible said he'd be, he was finally delivered. He had a work to do. I don't see pity parties in any of these stories. Jesus was the one that went through the hardest thing. And he said, nevertheless, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And he went on doing what he's supposed to do. And angels came and ministered and strengthened him until he got to the end. You see, sometimes our faith fails, and we're looking for God to show up at the pity party. But the thing I want to speak to you today is this one thing. God is just asking you, will you just keep on living for me? Will you keep on serving me? When your faith goes down, will you say, you know what, I don't know what's going on. My prayer's not answered. Hers are being answered. I feel condemnation. I don't understand why they failed. It does not matter all of those things. Will you have the word at Y-E-S on your shirt that says, God, I'll just do what you say to do. I'll answer what you answer me. I'll do it. I'm going to keep on living for you. Because this is where he's at. It's just, I want you to get rid of the party and just live for me. Just say, I'm ready to go, God. My faith was shaken, but I'm back on. I'm back on. When he comes back to the world, will he find what? Faith. Will he find the Y-E-S's that still say, I'm doing it, God. I'm doing it. I've got the, my faith maybe shaken at times, but I'm still saying, God, I'm not letting go of it. I'm not letting my faith fail. There was a man, and I'm going to finish here. It says, uh, uh, he was a basketball great in my time. When I was younger, I said, my time, I guess my time is still now, right? But I guess my time when I was younger. And he said, I miss, you probably heard this before, I missed over 9,000 shots in my career. I have lost almost 300 games. On 26 occasions, I've been entrusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. Michael Jordan here says, I failed over and over and over again in my life. And he said these words, and that's why I succeed. Basically, I keep going. I keep going. I'm going to keep going.
Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. One last scripture. Why don't we stand? I hope to have encouraged you today to take in faith that is being wavered sometimes. Moses was dealing with a lot of things in his life. One of the greatest things I think Moses did is that in the end, or towards the end, he did all the miracles. The, the waters were parted. Uh, water came from the rocks. He just delivered Egypt or Israel out of Egypt. So many miraculous things happened. But probably the greatest thing that I think of that happened in Moses' life was that when God said, you're not going to go to the promised land, Moses still continued on teaching Israel because his faith failed not. That could have been enough to say, well, forget serving you, God. You just hit the rock one time with the stick and water came out because it did the last time and you're upset about that. Moses could have said, this is dumb. Forget it. Forget it. But he didn't. I mean, his whole, he, I think even later I asked, God, can I go in? He goes, no, you don't get to. But he kept his faith in God. And in the end, if you read about the story in the New Testament, Moses was in the promised land. He had passed away. But he showed up in another form. The place he couldn't go in the physical. God brought him in the spiritual. You may not get your prayers answered. You may wonder why my face failing, everything's going apart everywhere sometimes, and I just don't know. I don't know all those things. All I know is I hope I read enough scripture, enough people in the Bible to say, God, I'm going to keep pressing on. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I've got to forget those things which are behind I reach forth and those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of that high calling only comes by a pressing. The high calling only comes by a pressing of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If you could do me a favor today, if we could all just pray, I'm not here to make a long altar call, but if we could just respond to God, you can come to the front, you can stay there, but let's just say, God, my faith is going to hold in you, Lord. I don't know what's answered my life. Prayers didn't get answered. Things didn't get done. They got their prayer. I don't understand them. But I want to declare to you today, God, that my faith is still going to hold in you, God. I'm not letting my faith go, God. I may have been backslidden. I may have been